Many years ago, I attended a school that had a large population of deaf students. Then I'd go to the student union building sometimes. A large group of people would be at a table, and they'd be talking to each other, and they would be talking at an incredibly rapid pace. But it would be in sign language. And because I was new to witnessing this, it was incredible to watch how quickly, how fast some hands can move. And it almost seemed like in watching some of these groups, they're talking at the same time because it seemed like everybody's hands are moving at once. And I'm not sure, but I'm guessing this is where the phrase talk to the hand comes from. I would watch some of these people, and if they didn't want to listen to you, they would turn their head away or do this. They're signaling to somebody else at the table, I'm not listening to you anymore. I am no longer engaged in this conversation. And that takes me to John chapter 6. Jesus is talking to some of his followers, and he is discussing how he's the bread of life. He's discussing also the, the blood in his body, and he's speaking in spiritual language, except they don't understand it. All they hear is what they hear naturally. And this is another lesson for another day, so I don't want to delve into it too deeply. But he says to them along the way, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. Now, these are mostly Jewish people, and they know what the law says. Eating flesh, especially human flesh, and drinking blood is a no-no. All they hear is natural things. And so they, they trip out, they freak out, they panic. And so we pick up the story in John chapter 6, verse 60. And when many of Jesus' followers heard these things, it caused a stir. They said, this is a difficult and harsh and offensive statement. Who can be expected to listen to it? Now, I don't know what the tone is here because it doesn't give us a tone in Scripture, but I'm sure it was a little bit of firm coming back at him. What, what are you talking about? Eat your flesh and drink your blood? Are you nuts? Now, again, we're looking at Scripture like they're talking to Jesus. Not everybody adored Jesus. You realize that, right? And so I'm sure it wasn't, it's, it's not far-fetched to think somebody like, are you nuts? Are you a crazy man? What do you mean? Verse 61, without anyone telling him, Jesus knew that they were outraged, and he spoke back to them. Are you offended over my teaching? What will you do when you see the Son of Man ascending into the realm from where he came? The Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. That which is of the natural realm is of no help. The words I speak to you are spirit and life. But there are still some of you who won't believe. Skipping down to verse 66, it says, And so from that time on, many of the disciples turned their backs on Jesus and walked with him no more. They turned their backs on Jesus and walked with him. He makes a statement that they just can't accept. At other times, Jesus spoke in parables and his disciples would say, what do you mean by this? And he would explain it to them. But this group of people, they don't even want an explanation. They don't understand what he said. They're just hard-hearted and difficult. And it says they decide, we want nothing to do with you. It says they turned their back and walked away. They walked with him no more. No more. This is the end of a relationship. It's finished. Jesus didn't end the relationship. These people who initially followed him ended the relationship. They walked away. It seems to me that now there may have been other disagreements, but the Bible doesn't indicate that. So I'm going to suggest to you that perhaps this is the first disagreement. And in their first disagreement that they don't understand what he's saying, they cut and run. Now, in some relationships, when we meet people or encounter people, we sometimes know 
immediately or, or right away, uh, this is not good, and we just move on. In other relationships, listen, if you're married, uh, God wants your marriage to work. We know sometimes they don't. But God wants your marriage to work. If, if Debbie bailed on me the very first disagreement we had, or I bailed on her the very first disagreement we had, we, our marriage would have ended long ago. Long ago. There are disagreements in relationships. If you have disagreements with people, hopefully those disagreements over, are over minor issues. And as you mature in your relationship, you realize, let's not major on the minors. Toilet seat up, toilet seat down. Is it really a, something to get all upset about? If the women would just leave it up, everything would be fine. We'd be happy. <laughs> Things like that. If you've been married 30 years and one party, and, it, and I'm not saying which one because it could be either one, actually. Uh, one member of the marriage, when they take their clothes off, just drops them where they fall. After 30 years, guess what? Ain't changing. <laughs> And so you may as well learn to, okay, this is not a major issue. So these disciples have a disagreement, and they decide to move on. We're done. We're out of here. Now, if you continue reading, in verse 67, Jesus turns to his other disciples, some who have actually remained there. And I don't know what Jesus' tone is. Again, I just tell you how my mind says, I think this is what happened, because a group of, of followers just left. They walk with him no more. He's aware this is for good. So he turns to the others. I think his tone was one of heartache. And what about you? You can leave me too? Because in that moment, he was just abandoned by a group of people. And Peter speaks up and says, verse 68, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and also we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Did the other disciples who remained fully understand the plan of God and all this? The answer is no. But they had heard him speak enough. They said, you have the words of, we're not going anywhere. Where would we go? You have the words of life, and we have come to believe that you are the Savior, the Christ, the Son of God. What a declaration. So where one group of people were only fair-weather friends, Peter and the others, by Peter's declaration, they're declaring to Jesus, we're in this for the long haul. We're in this for the long haul. And if you want relationships to be long-lasting, you want somebody to be in the relationship with you for the long haul, then you need to come to some common ground on important issues. And this reminds me of three women in the Old Testament, Naomi, Orpah, and Ruth. Naomi is the older of the women. Her husband has died. The two other women, Orpah and Ruth, are her daughters-in-law. And it turns out that their husbands, Naomi's sons, have died as well. So all the men have died in that family. Naomi has ended up in this country because her husband took her there during a problem where they came from. But now she's like, uh, man, my husband's dead. My sons are gone. You guys are from here. I'm just going to go back where I came from. And you guys just go back to your families and do what you do. 
And the Bible says they began to say, no, we don't want to go. And they cried and they wept. Beginning in Ruth chapter 1, verse 14, it says, At this, Orpah and Ruth wailed and wept again. Then Orpah kissed Naomi, because Naomi said again, Hey, you guys, just, just, just go. I've got nothing for you. So Orpah kissed Naomi and said goodbye and returned the way she had come. Returned to her family. Returned to her former way of life. Sounds like these people, when the first time there was a dispute with Jesus, they left went back to their old associations, went back to their former way of life. But Ruth is different. It said, yet Ruth refused to let go of Amy, of Amy, of Naomi, refused to let go of her. Have you ever been saying goodbye to somebody because maybe you're not going to see them for a while, and there's that, that embrace that lasts a little bit of time. Maybe there's some tears that said, I don't want to go. You've got to catch the plane. I don't want to go, right? There's tears shed. You're hanging on. You're... But Ruth will not let go. Verse 15, Naomi said, look at your sister-in-law. She has returned to live with her people and to worship her God. Go and follow her. And Ruth said, stop pushing me away, insisting that I stop following you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And then skipping to verse number 19, the two women went on together to Bethlehem. And so I'm only going to get a few of these in tonight. Elements that should form the basis of lasting relationships, meaningful relationships, long-term relationships, relationships that will last the test of time, relationships that will last the struggles that you will face in life. I've been married for, for many years now. When I say the number, it's always a staggering number to me. Like, I've been married that long? That's amazing. <laughs> but I've been married a long time. We stood at the altar many years ago. We had traditional vows. Traditional in the sense that till death do us part. Like, this is forever. This is for keeps. And when Debbie and I got married, we made those declarations. Till death do us part, I do. We've had struggles, we've had challenges, we've had difficulties, and some have been very, very uh, intense difficulties. But we made a commitment, so we've continued to remind ourselves, this is the commitment we made, and Christ is in our life too, so we also have an advocate, somebody who's working with us and alongside of us, who's working on the inside of her and who's working on the inside of me to help us find common ground to help us to grow and advance together. So we see that in this relationship, Ruth decides, Naomi, I'm coming with you. You may as well stop trying to discourage me because it's a done deal. I'm coming. Now we can pick up some things from verse number 16 that we're going to look at. Number one in verse 16 Ruth tells Naomi, wherever you go, I will go. One element that will form the basis of lasting relationships is you're going in the same direction. If you want meaningful relationships with certain people, you have to be going in the same direction. Young people are not often aware that long-distance relationships typically fail because you're not with each other, you're not doing stuff together. You're not interacting with one another. And over time, that just drains the life out of the relationship. 
need to be moving in the same direction as that other person. If this is somebody you say, this is my close friend, what does that mean to you? Because if they're a close friend, they should be going in the same direction you're going. If it's a husband or a wife, they should be going in the same direction you're going. You should, you should know that before you ever get married, actually. One of, the, one of the main issues in married life is kids, no kids. Because if one party wants kids and the other one doesn't, you're not going the same direction in that. In that. And that's not a minor issue. That's a major issue. I like this brand of shoe. She likes that brand of shoe. That's a minor issue. But children, having children in a family and one party wants them and one doesn't, that's a whole other thing. So moving in the same direction, she said, wherever you go, I will go. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. But the way, the way, come on. One of those things is you should be both following the same way, the way of Christ. Listen, if you're married, you need to figure this out. If one party is saying, I'm following Jesus, the other party's not. Listen, I'm not saying it's time for divorce. I'm just saying you, you need to figure out how to navigate that. You better find out before you get married, Jesus follower or not. That's not a minor issue. Religion is not a minor issue. It is a major, major issue. Go in the same direction. Jesus said, I am the way or the path. Take this path. On another occasion, Jesus said, if you walk with me, if you walk with me, you will thrive in the nourishing light that gives life and will not, you will not know darkness. If you walk with me. And so if Debbie were here with me, I say, listen, I'm, I'm walking with Jesus. You with me? She's going to say, yep, let's go, because I'm walking with Jesus too. We're talking about qualities, characteristics, elements, foundations, the basis of long-lasting relationships, ones that will endure through the years, ones that will endure hardship and difficulty. It's what I've discovered in life, although money is helpful, money doesn't make the marriage happy. If that were true, there would, not, there would be no millionaires who would get divorced. You wouldn't have to sign a prenup. Money would make the marriage last. No, there's got to be more to it. And having a firm foundation in a relationship with Christ, moving in the same direction. Even Paul said to the church at Corinth, follow me as I follow Christ. What is he saying? This way, boys, we're going this direction. I've been out with young males on hiking trips, and depending on how old they are, they can get off track, off the path. So if I'm taking young people out, there's somebody at the front, there's, some, there's an adult in the middle, there's an adult behind. There's always some adult behind because we don't want some child just vanishing. And whoever's the lead, which in the military we call the point man, he's the one who's blazing the trail. Follow me, we're going this way. So Paul's saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Come on, this is the direction we're going, people. Did the entire church of Corinth follow him? No. And yet he's saying, this is the way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Paul said, follow me, because I'm following the way, the truth, and the life. You guys with me? In relationships, important relationships, meaningful relationships, you will go in the same direction as the other party in the relationship. And you will do it by choice. We're not talking about being strong-armed into doing something you don't want to do. I serve Christ by choice. Debbie serves Christ by choice. We have both been saved since before we were married. 
So when we entered in the relationship, we already were moving in the same direction. Strong relationships move in the same direction. So Ruth said, wherever you go, I will go. She went on to say, same verse, verse 16, wherever you live, I will live. Now, when I think of wherever you live, I will live, I think of more than just where. I think of how. I think of lifestyle. We're going to have the same lifestyle. She said, wherever you live, I will live. I will live as you live. My lifestyle will be like your lifestyle. Now, Ruth is the one who's walking away from her former life, and she's coming with Naomi. You know that God has asked us to walk away from our former life and embrace a new life in Christ? And there are times I speak to people and they say, it just seemed so much better before I became a Christian. What they're saying is I'm, I'm longing for the life the way it was. And if you actually press people, and they're going to be sincere and honest, they'll get to the point where they realize my life wasn't great, actually. But when persecution comes in the Christian walk, we it just look back and it's just, right, that's what, that's what happened to the Israelites when they were delivered from Egypt, and then things got hard. You should have left us in Egypt. You should have left us in, we were slaves. At least we got a meal, a couple of meals. We weren't out here in the hot sun and wilderness. Mosquitoes biting us and all the crazy stuff out here, scorpions and lizards, and this is ridiculous out here. You should have left. Remember them whining about that? We need to have the same lifestyle, working together, understanding this is how we're going to do it. Moving the same direction. I'll live like you live. You and I will have a, build a strong relationship. And so this is a woman and her daughter-in-law. And the one sees something in her mother-in-law that she just says, I'm not leaving you. We know that Naomi was a worshiper of God. How often, perhaps, did Ruth see her mother-in-law practice her faith and said, man, the gods in Moab, they're not the same as your God. I don't know. But she would not leave her. She said, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Come on, these are elements of a relationship that stood the test of time. It was a lasting relationship, this mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, because Ruth committed to do several things. And Christ is calling you to commit to him. The Bible says, how can two people walk together except they agree? If you're in agreement with the teachings of Christ, then you should be following after those teachings not giving lip service to them and then going a different direction. Not looking for the nearest off-ramp. Oh, man, I'm tired of this church stuff. But pressing in to that relationship, moving in the same direction. We're called to become Christ-like. That's a lifestyle that becomes living like him. I'm going to be like Jesus. That's lifestyle. The way he lives, I want, come on, I've heard some of you talk and I've heard some of you sing. You want to live like he lived. Some of you talk about, I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Do you really? That means you want to live like he lived. In the same way that Ruth was making a commitment to Naomi, we need to understand the commitment we're making to Christ. I'm going to go the same direction. I'm not going to deviate from the path, Jesus. I'm going to live 
the same way you lived. I'm going to love people like you loved people. I'm going to care for people the way you cared for people. 